some of my family friends, friends of family in Israel are dead. Others are missing children who were taken hostage or just are missing and we don't know where they are. No one that I was very close with, but the, the last couple of days in the Gold family, like in many other families right now, have been filled with tears and grieving and confusion. And right now the focus is is getting, uh, for, for many people, getting getting their family out of Israel when possible, getting my family out of, out of Israel, family members I have there, if possible. It's all havoc right now. Um, and since this channel deals with cults and human behavior and cognitive biases and tribal thinking, I thought I might try to really break down what's happening right now, what Israel means to Jewish atheists like me, because uh, I think people think it's a religious thing, which it is, but it also isn't. Uh, and it's a really complicated thing. And try to explain as simply as possible what is going on right now? I wasn't actually going to. I've I've always said, and I was I said at first when this first happened to to family and to friends and people I work with, that um, I didn't want to cover this because it's too close to home. It's too emotional, and because the reaction when discussing, uh, you know, I try not to mention the fact that I'm Jewish very often. I certainly try not to mention Israel uh, ever, and that that uh, Z word. Uh, that evil Z word Zionism, uh, which which seems to get so many people's back up um, or backs up. So these are all really complicated issues to deal with, um, and there's no right or wrong. And this is something I've talked about recently, even with you know other serious matters like the Russell Brand situation and the women who have been accusing him where I've been saying sometimes there's no simple answer, and I think we find that really difficult. We try to take a side. And I think that this video today, uh, I really want to get across the message that taking a side, either side, is just nonsense. It's just a nonsense. It doesn't make sense. And that's because this is simply too complicated. And what needs to be remembered is that um, there are millions of Israelis and Palestinians who are suffering an immense, immense amount uh, for situations beyond their control to do with governments and geopolitics and all sorts of crazy things that have been going on, well, you know, since the 1940s when Israel was established, but way before that as well. Um, so to respond to what has been very painful for me and my family and my friends and all of these things uh, with, you know, free Palestine and that kind of thing, uh, you know, that's people's prerogative and I, I respect that as well. <clears throat> I don't think it's helpful, and I think we I do think we need to look at the nuances here and what's what's really going on. It's it's easy to pick a side. I think the first thing I do want to say is is what this well maybe I should actually explain what's going on because not everybody follows the news, not everybody knows what's happening, but at the moment, um Hamas, the, the organization in charge of Palestine, has breached Israel, which is unprecedented. It doesn't tend to happen. They have something called an iron dome, uh, which prevents any sort of rockets getting through, prevents people getting through. And loads and loads of Palestinians were able to, or Hamas members, I should say, um, and Hamas, I must must reiterate, do not represent the the average. I mean, they literally do represent, but they don't represent the uh, standard, the average Palestinian person. They are, by their own definition, there to wipe Israel off the map. That is that is their point. But they are not. They don't speak for all Palestinians. Um, they broke through. 
and targeted as many civilians to cause as much chaos as possible. Um, and including, for example, one of the one of the main stories was they came, they landed in a peace festival of music um, by paragliding in, which is just something out of a horrible film you can imagine, and murdered and um, assaulted sexually. Many of the women took the young women back and paraded them through the streets, dead and uh naked and you know and that's just not good it's not a good look for anyone it's not good it's just it's just not something that needs to be celebrated but unfortunately it has sparked celebrations around the world right now uh in the streets of many western cities uh and also among many friends of mine on instagram their their response was straight away free palestine and that kind of thing and this is really really complicated um, <clears throat> so that's what's going on right now. Israel is going to respond probably in an also horrible way that should never be celebrated um, because loss of life is never something to be celebrated. Many times Palestinians have been uh, murdered in horrible ways as well. And then everybody gets on their Twitter and their Instagrams and all these things and takes a side and says, this is how the media is skewing this. This is how they're skewing that. So I guess what this means to me really, okay, so I'm a, I'm a Jew. I am a Jew. And even saying I am a Jew, I don't like to do it. I know I will lose subscribers for this. I know it because whenever I've mentioned it before, I have lost dozens and dozens, sometimes hundreds of subscribers just for saying I am a Jew. When I've appeared on big podcasts like Tim Paul's podcast, for example, you look at the live chat, every other word, they know. Even I don't say it. They know. They have a way of seeing one of the beautiful things of having this YouTube channel is that kind of thing that used to happen to me and that does happen to me did give me a bit of a, a victim complex. And I, th I think I, I warn against victim complexes. You should, you, you know, everybody has them. We all feel like people are attacking us and uh, we all feel like, you know, some sort of victimhood Olympics is, is uh, fair and that we should all compete for victimhood. But one of the beautiful things of having this channel is realizing how many of you don't care that I'm Jewish. And it's a weird thing to admit to that I've gone through 34 years of my life just feeling like most people hate me and just, just for some lineage or ethnicity or whatever it might be. And uh, to come to realize that the vast, vast, vast majority of you really don't care or, or and are very supportive and interested. And people ask me questions about what, what it means to be Jewish and people are genuine, generally, genuinely curious and that's been a really, really beautiful thing to realize. So I thank you guys for that. Um, then there's the conspiracy theorists and, and people who are just trolls and those, you know, and they're the loudest, but they're just, I, I am coming to realize they are just the 1%. A lot of people then ask me, well, hang on, how can you be Jewish if you're an atheist? Um, and my response is, you know, and, and no matter what my response is, people then still write in the comments like, oh, it doesn't make sense. But look, here's the response. The response is firstly that Hitler rounded up all the atheist Jews and killed them just the same as he did to everyone else, to all the other Jews. Um, and renouncing your faith made absolutely no difference at all. So to him, we were Jewish. And I suppose, hey, you don't want to let someone like that define who you are. But at the same time, it does mean you have to be fearful of the same stuff. Um, there is also, there is Judaism, the religion, and then there is something that is Judaism, the ethnicity or the lineage, which involves more of the culture and the cultural aspects and your ancestry. And 
I did a my heritage thing a while ago, or one of one of those companies, and it came up as like ninety five percent Ashkenazi Jewish. So it's something that is in me whether I want it to be there or not. At the same time, I grew up culturally Jewish. I did some religious Jewish stuff. I had a bar mitzvah. I learned to read Hebrew, that backwards scroll, that mad stuff, and uh, some bits and pieces and Sunday school or whatever. <clears throat> so I did all that stuff. Uh, but then I turned away from that. But but it's still there. And I suppose I'm a Zionist, and I'm, I'm, I'm scared to say that, particularly on YouTube. It's such a bad word to say, but it depends what you mean by it. And, and all it means to me is defending the right for the Jewish people to have their own state. They only have one out of the world, you know, the whole world. Um, there are only a few million Jews in the world, and they have one very, very small country. But by the way, I know a lot of people will feel that I'm being you know, biased in, in what I say. And I want to say that, yes, I am. I am giving you a biased portrayal of what Israel means to me, what Judaism means to me, what this situation is about. And you need to go and find somebody with another side to hear another view and put it all together how, 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 it, how it makes sense to you. And that's really important to do because you should never just go with one source, never go with one tribe. This is my own biased and subjective view on what's going on and why Israel is important to Jewish people, even when we are atheists like me. I have no interest at all in whether Jerusalem Jerusalem is some sort of Jewish shrine to whatever it might be. Uh, what I am concerned about and what a lot of Jewish people are concerned about is something like the Holocaust happening again. And that might seem strange because I'm, I imagine to most people you don't experience anti-Semitism in day-to-day -day life because why would you? Like, you don't look out for it. I don't see anti-black racism. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? I just don't, I'm not looking out for it. I don't really see that happening, but I'm sure it exists. And to me, you know, my, my sister, I didn't go to a Jewish school, but my sister did. She went to, you know, a, a Jewish school and just <laughs> the security that they have there is bonkers. If you, if you, could see the security they have to have outside of these schools and once she you know when she has gotten out and I've spoken about this before she was chased down the street by some guys shouting you know scumbag Jew at her and, and these kinds of things I've had many times in my life where people have said awful things sometimes from people on the far right and sometimes friends of mine who are a little bit to the left and I don't mind I can take a joke people joke around and all that stuff and of course I can take a joke I think it's silly when it's like no my identity I mustn't let that be made fun of I don't care it's fine but it's very frustrating when it's done from friends of mine who are so sensitive about other identities and so careful and so so sensitive and then they'll say to me like hey are you picking up the bill are you, are you being Jewish or that kind of thing and you're like you you would never whatever but the point is when you do grow up <clears throat> feeling that, you know, your sister's going to get attacked or you're going to get attacked and these kinds of things do happen, you know that Israel is the last line of defense. And there are places, particularly in, in parts of Europe right now, where synagogues are regularly attacked and these kinds of things might happen. And it's not beyond at least my uh, realm of imagination to, to think that that kind of thing could happen again. So Israel, to, to me... What it means to me, despite being an atheist, despite having no religious uh, inclination, despite not taking an in no, I don't, I don't really speak Hebrew. I don't have any. Uh, I have some family there. I do have that, but I don't know. I don't know much about 
Israel, apart from having gone there quite a few times and whatever. But what it means to me is the last line of defense if things were to get rough again. Where things get really difficult here is I don't like the idea of a state, a country, that has predominantly one religion or if we call it a lineage or an ethnicity or even a race, because nobody's quite sure what it is, if we're to call it those things, a country that predominantly only has that race and preserves that, because that's, in a sense, a form of supremacy, right? When you protect one race in one particular country. And that, that sits uneasy with me. But here's the issue. If they are to forego that and to allow others into the country and treat everybody the same, it would only take a few years before the Jews were once again a minority and then they would lose the votes and those, you know, they wouldn't be able to vote who they want into parliament and so on and so on. And then that one tiny, tiny country in the world that is the one place where Jews can go if things get rough, where I can go and my family can go if things get really rough, is gone. So they're in a bind. They either have a sort of racial supremacy thing which is bad, or they risk only in a matter of years no longer existing. That's really tough. And ultimately, the Israeli government are there to protect the Israeli people and Jewish people, I think, around the world. And so that is where they side at the moment. So that's why a one-state solution that incorporates Palestinian people and Israeli people together doesn't work. It doesn't. Now, I do refute the idea that Israel is an apartheid. And I think that is it's an insulting suggestion to South Africans who went through that. Because there are Arabs, people of different races and ethnicities, uh, who are <clears throat> members of parliament over there, who play in the sports teams, who are on their celebrity talk shows and their singing. It's just not, I mean, by saying it's an apartheid, you paint totally the wrong picture. And you do really undermine what happened in South Africa. So I don't agree with that. But again, I will repeat this. I'm giving an impassioned but not impartial view of what Israel is to me and why it's important to me. And just to give you a side of why it is the most complicated country in the world and potentially impossible to solve. Because if you're the prime minister right now of Israel, Again, do, do you just say, okay, let's make a one-state solution, Everyone, and then in a few years, it won't be a Jewish state anymore, and there won't be that defensive line for Jewish people? Or do you keep, keep it separated? Okay, well, what about a two-state solution? But time and time again, Palestine, Palestinian officials, unfortunately, you know, Hamas have been offered that and refused it because they want the whole country. So two-state solution doesn't work to them either. So what do you do if you're Israel? You know, so you keep you keep them there, and it's horrible, and their life is is not is not good, and to see how Palestinians suffer is excruciating, to to me and to the whole world. Other countries around it refuse to take them in, and and you know that's also like well, well not many countries do take in refugees from other places. They don't want to suddenly take in millions of people. Why should it be the responsibility necessarily of Egypt and Iran and other countries like that to, to take in these people? 
So it's not as simple either as saying, okay, okay, screw that, but why don't those countries take them? The point is, nobody really comes off looking that good from this. And as I was saying before, sometimes it's just really difficult. Sometimes there's no obvious answer right now. And then people go back to the history. So you get all these maps now of, you know, and, and this was who owned the land. It was the Palestinians. It was the Jews. And it depends which historian you're paying attention to. You know, that's that the answer completely changes depending on which historian. And then people say, well, in the 40s, it was it was Palestine. And then people say, well, have you not heard of the land of Judea? Have you not, you know, it goes further back. At the end of the day, what seems to have happened is some madness where Israel was just given this country in the 1940s. It, it wasn't officially a country, apparently, by UN standards at that point. Now, again, depending on which historian you listen to, that's either extraordinarily unfair on the Palestinian people that were there or was a reprieve for the Jewish people already there as well uh, at the end of the Holocaust, where they had no land to go back to. They had nowhere to go to and everything had been taken from them. So again, this is not easy. This is not a case of these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Um, that said, Hamas... And that's not me talking about Palestine. That is Hamas. That is the uh, organization, the terrorist organization, by their own admission, in charge, whose sole purpose is to wipe Israel off the map. Don't do their own country any good. They do, by all accounts, use their, their own children and women as human shields to get points. Again, this is my view and my understanding of it. And you, you, you have to hear other people's. Um, Israel has not covered themselves in glory either by allowing people to settle on what appears to be Palestinian land and also by committing atrocities themselves. They do, by all accounts, give a 10-minute warning when they blow up buildings in Gaza. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts, and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. 
To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. The whole thing is absolutely uh, <laughs> just a really, really difficult one. And here I am sitting here in the comfort of my home in the UK. As I say, my family's been in a state, you know, We've all been in a bit of a state. We're all wondering what the hell to do with family members out in Israel, a place that we've known and loved, a place that is, for those who haven't been there, this is a beautiful, beautiful country, uh, a very secular country, despite having a religious thing. There, there are tensions within, by the way, huge tensions between the very religious faction who take up 20% or so of the country and who vote for very right-wing governments and who also insist that the rest of the country and not them take part in the army. And then a very secular... Tel Aviv and secular cities around who are responsible for some of the greatest inventions of modern times. I think air conditioning uh, is one of them. Um, I think um, all sorts of tech bubbles and things are set up there. It's one of the few democracies in the Middle East, a place where women have the vote, of course, and are at least allowed to drive uh, and all those kinds of things. So it's this beautiful country. Uh, and then I'm in the UK and I'm sitting there and just, all, like I say, all over my Instagram, all over my TikTok, and not, not even TikTok, but Twitter and all that, old friends of mine just seeming to be celebrating the brutal attacks on women and children. And look, I don't want to have a side. I, I've said before, we shouldn't have a side in this. There's no good side in this. But... <laughs> I am biased, right? And I am Jewish and I rely on Israel existing for my own safety and the safety of my family. And I hope you guys, even if you disagree with every word I've said so far, I hope you all agree that for your family, that trumps everything. That's the most important thing. And that if you thought, wrongly or rightly, that your existence or your family or your safety were at risk, that you would fight to keep Israel as a state, to keep it existing. So I guess in that sense, I have a side, but I don't like that because I suffer just as you guys suffer when I see something awful happen to the Palestinian people. But I, but I have a side, I suppose I have a side, but I certainly would never celebrate when Israel's done. In fact, it's, it's a horrible, it's a dark day whenever Israel does do something which is horrible to Palestinian people. It's a very dark day in my family. We don't sit around going, ha ha, they got them. We sit there going, oh my God, what have they done? And in a sense, it's been done in our name. 
And this is, by the way, it's something not spoken about and it's very controversial to say, but there is a double standard among Jewish people like myself because we say, if somebody criticizes, um, they come to us and they say something about Israel, we say, why are you telling me? I'm nothing to do with that. I may have never even been to that country. I don't care about that. That's an anti-Semitic thing because you're linking me to Israel. I'm an English citizen. I've grown up English. I wear an England football shirt uh, when I play football. I'm, I consider myself more English than anything else. That's my thing. I'm an English person. Um, and we, we say, ah, oh, that's not fair. Don't link me to that. But then when these things happen, we all go for dinner and we all sit or we all get together and we say, shit, what the hell, man? What's Israel done in our name? So we, we know, of course, I don't speak for every Jewish person, right? Everybody's very, very different and we all argue among one another. That's, that's standard, you know? And that should happen in any community, in any society or, or whatever. Um... <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't even know what my point is really. Just that this is sad. And anybody who thinks that one side is better than the other, I really think they need to just think calmly and think, okay, but is that because my friends are Jewish or my friends are Muslim and maybe that's a, I feel related to Palestine? Is that because of these things? And maybe what I need to do is just think there's humans involved in a situation which I don't think is possible to solve. I don't think it's even possible. Israel is going to respond now. And they've even said it. They're not hiding it. They are going to obliterate Palestine. And that's going to be horrible. Absolutely horrible. And that's going to be horrible for everybody watching around the world. It's going to be horrible for me and my family. We're going to sit there and feel in some way, just as we felt and feel now gutted for our own family members and friends in Israel right now, we are going to feel gutted for those people in Palestine and we are going to feel somehow indirectly culpable for what is carried out in a sense in our name. And that's no good either. So I don't know what the answer is. They want to come down hard. They want to come down really hard on Palestine. They want to stop it ever happening again. But I, I'm not... I, I want to, you know, suggest, I don't want it to seem at all that I'm saying to people, you need to pick Israel as your side uh, or anything like that. I, I want you guys to pick humanity on both sides and to remember that these are real, real people on both sides. They're, they're people I know who I'm thinking of right now. Uh, and I don't think there's ever been a situation like this geopolitically in the world. That's why saying it's an apartheid, is, it's unhelpful. This is, this is so different to South Africa. This is way more complicated. So this is it. And I can see now in, in the comments, uh, and I'll answer a few questions and think I can see, <laughs> I can see Jews killed Jesus from fan one, two, three. See, it's funny, that kind of anti-Semitism, I just don't even care. It's just a nothing to me. Like, you know, I don't even, <laughs> like whatever. But the kind that is like, these are the evil guys and they're linked to Soros and they don't have souls and whatever. Well, look, I'm here. I'm going to be, you know, a Shakespearean character and say, if you cut me, do I not bleed? I'm a real person. I know some people will look and see lizard eyes or something, you know, in my eyes. But my family, my friends, you know, and we, you know, we all marry out, really. I don't, I don't know that the Jewish religion or the Jewish culture or ethnicity is, is actually that long for the world. Because so many of us marry out and gradually that's going to go down, I think. And it's already so, so low. I mean, 
I'm just going to look this look this up now. I think like how many Jews? I think it's 12 million Jews in the world right now. Uh, how many Christians in the world? 2.38 billion. Uh, how many Muslims in the world? 1.8 billion. And there's 12 million Jews. So I don't think we're long for this world uh, in in that sense. And uh, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. If it happens naturally. Um, there are people in Israel right now. Look, if you're in Israel right now, put a comment in here I'm, or chat. I'm, I'm interested in, in how things are going for you right now. The same if you are in Palestine right now. Um, and I've been, you know, over and I've met Palestinian people. And what lovely, wonderful people whose culture is so similar to the Middle Eastern Jewish culture. They're the same people. They're the same people. It's so sad with a slightly different book of beliefs and you know, um, thanks for the super chat, Thomas. Uh, thank you, Kit Kat, for the character holding their head in their hands, saying you're my number one. Thank you very much. Rosemary Yusen says, I'm a Jew who's had many spiritual experiences. I'm not an atheist. That's fair, fair play to you. And thank you for the super chat. Rory O'Connor. Uh, hi, Andrew. I have written peer-reviewed articles on Palestinian independence on a one state based on proper division of resources, in particular water resources, a paper from a leading from a scholar at Cambridge follows. That's really interesting, Rory. I, I guess my issue is, or maybe I can look at that later. Look, if there is, I guess I'm a bit nihilistic sometimes, and you guys who have followed me for a long time know I can be that way. I just say sometimes uh, that we have to sometimes be okay with uncertainty. In this case, maybe that's not the right way because people are dying and suffering some of the things that we've heard about in israel just the last few days are just barbaric and british uh people have died in this the last few days and a german there was a german tourist who was there for a peace party uh abominable things happening to her because this is a terrorist organization unfortunately that runs palestine and who has many disagreements with, I mean, what, what was it, the Palestinian Authority, or I can't, I don't have it exactly right, but they don't speak for all Palestinians. And all Palestinians and all Israelis are fed totally different news sources and made to see one another as an enemy, despite what I say about them being similar. My issue, Rory, with the one state, as I say, is I don't know how long it would remain as a one state, I guess, I guess maybe you've, I'm, I'm sure you've considered this as well, but how long it could remain a Jewish state. And, and, and once it no longer is that, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I and my, my sister and different people I know would feel safe. It is the one thing where it's the one place where we go, okay, we can go there when stuff kicks off. It can, you know, and I, I have that thought, you all have those thoughts, right? Everyone watching this right now, if you've got kids, parents, whatever it is, you've had those moments when you're laying, laying in bed at night and you're going, what do I do if something bad happens? If, the, if someone breaks into the house, if somebody attacks us, you have to think that way. And for a Jewish household, when you're told so much about what has happened in generations past and what is happening continuously in the UK, in France, Italy, uh, you know, I'm a football fan. I see what happens in the different stadia. Uh, not even to mention Poland and Russia and Ukraine, where that kind of anti-Semitism goes goes on. Uh, Eastern Europe, it, it's, it can be really bad. So you do start to think, like, what if somebody were to get hold of us? What if something bad were to happen? And you just go, well, thank God Israel is as strong as it is. It's so strong in that sense, although it got caught with its pants down. 
Is that the expression? Seems might be a horrible expression. But this is the this is the thing. I mean, look, a lot of people are now putting forward conspiracy theories. Some say it was a false flag suggesting that Israel let this happen so they can go and obliterate Palestine once and for all. I hope that doesn't happen because there are millions of Palestinians right now who are innocent women and children who need to be defended and don't deserve to be obliterated. I don't know. Um, Mac and Cheese. I live here in Israel. Stop apologizing. Fun fact, Israel created the Iron Dome. My son is in the army fighting now. Check your chat once in a while. Peace out. Well, I, I wish your son uh, the best of luck. Man. And uh, yeah, I you know, respect goes goes out to you because you're, you're living something now. And again, to give you guys an impression, just in case you don't know, I mean, if you're in somewhere like Tel Aviv, I swear to you, it is like being in a modern Mediterranean city. It is like being... Uh, on the south coast of France or something. Aside from some of the religious stuff and uh, some of the markets and things which are a little bit more outrageous and interesting and exotic and stuff, it's very much a Mediterranean city and it's absolutely beautiful and it's very much a, a tech haven uh, and a secular place, very secular, particularly compared to Jerusalem. So to suddenly find yourself like, oh, you know, this is unprecedented. 600 people have died. And it's the count is still on going. Uh, thank you, Louise, who said, I'm very, so very, very sorry. My heart is breaking uh, for it all. Thanks, Nigel Brayshaw as well. Uh, and <laughs> Amy, are you allowed to talk about Masonic influence? Uh, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know anything about that, unfortunately. Um, that might, I don't know, Amy, but, you know, I do appreciate your comment in your chat. That might be linked to some anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that suggest that Jews are all controlling and doing all of these kinds of things. And uh, I always say, like, it would be just typical that that is actually true. And I was the one Jewish guy who wasn't invited. But look, my mum is Jewish. My dad is Jewish. I've had the bar mitzvah. I've had the chop. Not that you want to think about that or anything. I've been to Israel a bunch of times. So as far as being a Jew, uh, I've been laughed out of offices in uh, production companies and things, you know, in the UK when I've tried to get a job and they've said, you're not a minority. And I've said, well, I'm Jewish, actually, and they've laughed me out. So I've had all the experiences you need to be uh, a representative, typical member of being Jewish or whatever. And I've never been invited to any kind of Masonic or um, elite group of, of people. In fact, I found it particularly difficult to break into any kind of mainstream industry, which is why here I am on YouTube. Um, so... Yeah, it's a complicated situation. Look, put some comments down below what you think, but I urge you not to dehumanize, whatever side you feel you're on, not to dehumanize, not to forget the humans that live on the other side. These are both different sides of, you know, humans. So please do remember that. We're going to have a difficult few days over here now. Um, as we hear news of relatives and friends and lost ones and loved ones. Uh, and I just wanted to put this out. Like I said, I didn't want to put it out because I know it will lose me a lot of subscribers. Every time I mention being Jewish, I mention any kind of support of Israel, the subscribers, hundreds go from one video. But just seeing the kind of crazy bipartisan, exaggerated takes that forget human beings... 
uh, I needed to say something. Lee says your comments are off. They, they'll be on once once this finishes. It should be, I, I think, unless YouTube's disabled them for some reason. Hit that like button. Keep on watching this channel and let me know if you want more updates or if there's more about Israel you want explained because a lot of people don't know. And I know what it's like with these kinds of things. When you don't know and you're joining like years later, it's like, well, how do I catch up with the whole situation? Uh, and I hope I've done an all right job. I, I can't go into the whole, what is it, six days war uh, and backwards and forward and all those kinds of things, except I think the best way for me to explain it was, as I was saying, it, it really was this idea of, look, you've got either a, a one religion state or you've got a state that will no longer be Jewish. And if you've got a state that will no longer be Jewish, that's our last resort of defense against anti-Semitism. So that's why that's there. I wanted to give you guys an idea of what it is to be a secular Jew and why it's important to us. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't know. Thank you, Phil, for saying can't thank you enough for promoting empathy on both sides. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, Rory says, thank you, Rory. I understand both sides. The article provides a neural view on all issues. Bloody hell. I bet it's good, Rory. And, and I appreciate you looking into the nuances of it because it is a nuanced topic. And people, I, that's what that's what this is a call for. As, it, as all of my channel is, it's a call for nuance. I don't know. Do help me get this video out into the internet because everything else is one side or the other. And we're all humans and that needs to be said. Please share this, please like it, and please keep watching and stay safe.